Be willing to be a beginner every morning. Meister Eckhart. Bending, Not Breaking, Season 6, Episode 1, Breath of Fresh Air. Another season another of bending, season. not breaking. That's right. Another season. Another season. We're in. We're in season three. This is such a good, good season time. Six season of the six podcast. of the podcast. Season three of Legend of Korra, and it's exciting. It's wild. One of my favorite seasons. Yeah, um, this is. It's, it's up there. Pretty widely regarded as fandom's favorite season of Korra. It might right? be my favorite. Yeah, I, I, yes, that seems to be. Based off consensus. of my extensive interactions with fandom. Yeah. Which I would say is, you know, it is. Yeah, we talked to a lot of fans. Yeah. We've, we've talked to fans of, of the show before. Also observed a lot of fans. Yep. No, this is, this arguably is, I, I think, before rewatch, my favorite season of Av- Avatar. Yeah. Like, of the Avatar universe. Having not seen the whole thing through for a while... I'm part of me is like, I really love season one of Korra. I really love season two of Korra. Mm-hmm. I really love the whole Kuvira arc. I really love seasons two and three of Atlas. Season one has a lot to grapple with, but still very good. And so, like, I don't know if this is, I don't know. I don't remember where this ranks on my list, honestly. Yeah, I think that it's a. I love season two of of Atla probably the most out of that three, and I think mm-hmm. I love season three the most of this of uh, this show, and I think I like season three a little bit more. But I'm more familiar with season two and like of Atla. Of Atla. Yeah. We've spent a lot of time both in our live episodes with patrons and doing the whole first three seasons of the show. We've spent a lot of time with Atla and very little time with Cora. We're approaching the same. <laughs> like, We're getting I guess there. they are longer seasons of Atla, aren't mm-hmm. they? So, well, I'm yeah. happy to be here. Happy to oh, be here. Me too. Yeah, I'm so happy. Quote we went with being be willing to be a beginner every morning. Yeah, it's like we're starting a new season. It's like we're beginning we're a new beginning season. a new season of the show of the podcast. A lot of beginnings. Yeah, happening. Yeah, in this episode. Yeah, so we picked beginnings as the lens. Yeah. What is, what is that? And I think maybe we know what it is. Maybe we know what beginnings are. What does it make you think of, maybe, as you're watching a show like this? Yeah, I mean, the definition is very clinical. The definition is very much uh, the point in time or space where something starts. Yep, right. <laughs> but but it, it can be an origin story. It can. It can be the... Um, can very much be like the start of a process, right? Like we know these things, or we have a, an idea around beginnings. We yep. prob- we've experienced them in our lives, but what does it make you think of? Yeah. So. Or I, feel. I often, like when I'm like at the beginning of something, I'm nervous often. Um, yeah. And I'm thinking about uh, how every, 
like this is my brain i'm thinking about oh but all of these things could go wrong <laughs> um at the beginning of something i uh sometimes i'm really excited i'm oh this is about to we're about to do it it's gonna be great i don't know what that is but it's gonna be great i know yeah. you know and there's a lot of um anticipatory feelings when it comes to beginning right good or uh, not so good yeah when i think that sometimes those feelings uh manifest from a place of do we have past experience with something similar do we have past experience doing this thing before was it a good experience was it a negative experience right like the role that our past experiences play on the start of something new this is the start of something new i was about to take it, it i'm glad you blocked so right there to be here with you oh right um so the our past experience is kind of really affect the way that we approach those new things um i think of like having to introduce myself to someone for the first time depending on the situation is this a networking event is this a donor event or is this a party right like those things are going to drastically shift my comfort level and um maybe enthusiasm around enthusiasm around participating in that type of thing yeah i think our our prior experience is necessarily going to color our experience of what we're going what's what's coming mm -hmm. right our past influences the way we experience our present and the way we anticipate our future right which is one of those things that's not, like we, we say that and we go well duh but in moments we forget how that. often do we forget that or when someone else is experiencing something or behaving a certain way we completely throw that aspect out the window that maybe their past experiences have led them to a certain point and we are ignoring awareness around that, right? Yeah, I feel like oftentimes it's a, oh, look at how much insight this gives me into why I feel a certain way. It's like in the afterthought. You're able to hindsight, analyze, and think about it. But mm -hmm. when you're in the moment and you're like, Oh man! Involuntary body response. <laughs> All we have, like, and that's what ha our bodies do. That is, there is a stimulus, and then there is a response, and often there is very little space between. But the space between stimulus and response is where all the magic happens. It's where our humanity rests, right? That's where our values have the opportunity to make a statement. Is in the space between stimulus and response, and I feel like right. So there's the concept in sports between like muscle memory, right? Or mm -hmm. um, yeah, and so you know you do things enough over and over again, and so that's where we talk about like this awareness piece that we've always lifted up. Yep. Or the when we process these things afterward, that allows us to either one make that space between become muscle memory into our values. Yes. Or even grow the time of the space between between stimulus and reaction to give you the ability to kind of think through things. Um, but yeah, sometimes it's just that gut reaction. Well, and, and when we judge other people for their response to stimuli and we are like, oh, my God, they're just the worst. <laughs> mm -hmm. What we're forgetting is how much their past is playing a role you're right? ignoring the humanity right exactly yeah. and so our i think our calling from that is to especially when we are thinking about beginnings when we are meeting new people when we are in in thinking about people in spaces that are new to them i think it's important to remember that hey we have no idea 
what is coloring their picture right now. And it would be helpful if we were generous, right? Mm -hmm. Generous with our assumptions. It's like we keep on coming back to that concept. <laughs> it's an important one. <laughs> there are like base concepts that we have on this show that I think are lasting. Yeah. Well, and I, I would love, part of me wants somebody to like go back and listen and find like, they've said this thing 17 30, times. Yeah. <laughs> In 60 episodes, yeah. they hit this mark. Yeah. 43 times. Yeah. I think that would be one of them. Generous assumptions would be absolutely. Yeah. Reasonable amount of time on the front end to avoid an unreasonable amount of time yep. on the back end would absolutely. be another one. And then just awareness. Awareness right? would Cultivating be Cultivating awareness, right? <laughs> so I think we're, we're doing pretty well with beginnings, giving us the opportunity to talk about our favorite things. Yeah. Love talking about our favorite things. Raindrops on roses. Whiskers on kittens yeah speaking of beginnings we're looking forward to the rest of the season and we have got some great guests coming on this season and i'm really excited yeah several you've heard before some you haven't some you haven't yeah very exciting i just wanted to put that out there and have you anticipating what might come along anticipatory feelings towards this new thing yeah yeah cool cool cool, cool. so we're talking about beginnings we're talking about Season three, episode one. Breath of fresh air. But a before we jump into the episode, air. Ben, you have 30 seconds on the clock. I think it's rude that you put me on the recap first. Yeah. Yeah. On I, your mark. Get set. Go. Okay. So after harmonic convergence, Korra's like, oh my God, spirit vines everywhere. And they've taken over the city. And then, you know, she's struggling. And then President Raiko blames her for all the problems that are going on. And he's a big jerk. And then, you know, the biggest deal is that Boomy's an airbender. And then their airbender's like everywhere. And then popping up across the world. And they're causing trouble for the city. 15 seconds. And then, you know, this guy, like, it was wild. And then he's about to jump off a bridge because he can't do anything else. And then Raiko's like, leave the Five. city to Korra. And then opportunity to travel the world with it. And then Zaheer makes his debut with Uncanny airbending Done. abilities <laughs> that was fast i did my best 30 seconds goes real quick it does <laughs> go by so fast yeah ah uh, what a show lots to talk about specifically in the realms of beginnings um for sure absolutely what's one of the first moments for you uh, okay so i want to go to boomy first Okay, yeah. It's the episode starts there. Why not us yeah. start there? I, I, I think it's poignant that we we follow suit. Um, so this is a big moment. Boomy's gone his entire life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> without and, this thing. And I think it's important to to think about how the the past colors the present. Uh, I I think <laughs> <laughs> literally pushing your glasses up on your face. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I really think it's important to to think about Boomy's childhood right now. Boomy, Being the only non-bender growing up. Boomy was the oldest child. Yeah. He was the firstborn of Aang and Kantara, two of the most well-known benders in the world. Mm -hmm. And he's not a bender. Yeah. I mean, I just got chills thinking about being that child, right? So hard. On and top of being the oldest. On top right? of being the oldest, who is theoretically supposed to be the one who takes care of everybody else. And then I totally don't buy into, you know, sibling theory. But I, there's, there's something to be said for being the oldest and wanting to take care of 
Yeah, um, Boomy gives me real younger kid, youngest child energy. Yes, and I think it's because he's the non-vendor of the family. Right. Right? And so I think there's a reason that Tenzin is the one who got most of that energy as the only airbender. You have to protect right? this thing. Exactly. And I think the weight of that landed on him rather than on Boomy. That being said, I want to go back to Boomy's childhood where as soon as Kaya was born uh, and her bending abilities manifested, Boomy was probably feeling a certain kind of way, right? Being in a family of benders and he's the only one not. And then Tenzin comes along and then finally there's an airbender and the amount of love and time and energy that Aang spent with Tenzin that made Boomy feel a certain kind of way. So this moment when Boomy airbends to me is probably very shocking for him. And there's a reason he runs back and he is, you know, well, he's, he's going this, wild. He's wanted this, right? Like we, we see moments of him. I, I hope I made you proud, dad. Like we yes. see like, and so yes. to have this thing that is now a new connection piece for him to his family. Yeah. To his father. Yeah. Who he is craving support and uh, pride from. Acceptance and love yeah, and like, nurturance, right? He and, wants all these things. And so this is a connection piece to that. And and I think one of the things that really is inspiring about booming this moment is this idea of taking on this new thing at um, when later in life. Yeah. And being so excited about yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and finding something new to be a part of and being like, ah. I'm in, and I think that, you know, cliche, corny as it sounds, like, finding things to that excite you in life, like, that's, there's beauty in that. Pretty great. Yeah. Yeah, that's um, a sacred moment. I And I think that, ultimately, there are so many people who would say that that's a rare moment, right, is to yeah. find something that is super exciting, um, especially as you're getting to this place where, like, you might be feeling like you're stuck in a rut or stuck. Stuck yeah. doing the same thing or in the same job or in the same movements over and over again. And so to find something like this that's exciting and new is yeah. really powerful. Well, and I think the most, like, I want to cry when Boomy says, wait till I tell mom. Yeah. That moment, I just, like, again, I just got chills. Like, it's, that moment is, is so big. <laughs> it's, he just ran and told Tenzin, Kaya's there. They all saw this. But then his response to in that moment is, wait till I tell mom. And so, and can we think, um, the other person on, on, in this moment that I really love is Milo. Yeah. Um, because when everyone else is like, no, like, we're not doing this. Yeah, like, not playing Milo along. is the only one who's like, no, like, all right, let's foster <laughs> this. Um, and it's unintentional for Milo, right? Like, he's just like, I'm going to throw food because I like to throw food. Um, and it turns into something beautiful. And I really appreciate Milo's ability to just say, like, let's just try it. Let's do it. Let's 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 give in to this excitement. Um, and I think that happens for us. We get jaded, right? All of a sudden, we've spent our whole life. Like, imagine the amount of times Boomy as a child was like, hey, y'all, look at this. Right, and then pretended to bend. Right, as like, yeah. cause you imagine all the playtime they probably had, where he was, a trying and pretending to be a bender and fantasizing about this moment, mm -hmm. and then to finally have it happen again. Like I just imagine my childhood yeah. <laughs> with siblings where I don't have the abilities that they do, and then I do. Yeah, like 
there's so much emotion wrapped up in that. A hundred percent. So this ability to foster that excitement. Milo's is, the bomb. Is, 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 yeah, Milo does it. And again, it might have been unintentional, but he does it in a way that it's one, it proves like I can do this. This is something fun and exciting and new. But how often do we do we have someone come up to us at work and say, hey, I want to try this thing? And our response is, oh, we did that. We, we tried to do that two years ago. We tried to do that three years ago, and it didn't work. It's, so we're not going to do it. And the reality is a lot of times some things don't work because the right person isn't doing that thing. Yeah. Right? Like if um, yeah, I, I, we, we have a lot of programs that work with teens um, in our organization, and some people are jazzed about doing that work, and some people Me. aren't. And you can tell the difference between the teen programs where the, the people who are leading it are doing it because they think like, oh, it's a service we're providing versus the people who are doing it that are like, I'm putting my all into this because it's what I love to do. Yeah. And the program differences are vast. Yeah. And so sometimes something you can sit there and be like, oh, that wouldn't work or no, that's not going to go the right way. And sometimes when someone is excited about doing it and we think there's a way that they can maybe bring something to the table, like foster that excitement. Yeah. And if it fails, it fails. It reminds me of Good to Great, uh, which is the only takeaway from Good to Great that I recall. It's not one of my favorite books. It's not great. There are other ones <laughs> out there. Uh, but I, I, the only takeaway that I remember from that is get the right people on the bus. Right. Right? And that's a part of it. It's like I would rather have the right people on the bus than have a bus that is you know, chock-filled with money or chock-filled with X, Y, or Z because the right people – can make sure everything's going to go well versus um, not having the right people, but doing and filling the positions for other reasons. And so that's, that kind of what is what I'm reminded of just in that moment. But yeah, I, I, again, just why, what's, let me ask you this. What's the reason we do that? Why do we shut people down? Like, what's the, like, let's give a generous assumption there. What is the reason people do that yeah i so i've been in that boat before and i in the times that i've done it it's because i feel like i'm saving time and energy and effort that is going to be misplaced Mm, yeah right so so it's about so sometimes like yeah someone's doing something and i'm like we did that a few years ago i get that you're excited about it but like it is a dead end i don't want you to waste 40 hours of your time 80 hours of your time doing something it is going to inevitably be unproductive. Especially when you're a supervisor and you see all the other gaps in programs that you're like, you could be focusing you could your be energy on all of these things. Or this might be a things. better way to move yeah. forward, right? And so, how in the, so the question then becomes like, how do we foster this excitement? Is this truly a dead end? Are we willing to give 40 hours, 80 hours of time to let them explore this thing if it's going to create excitement in the work that they're doing? And are there other benefits that maybe aren't directly revenue-driven? Um, and sometimes the answer is yes. Sometimes I'm going to let you do this thing because you're excited about it and there's a point to it and you feel like it's going to work. And maybe it doesn't, but you're going to learn something from it. And sometimes that's the value in doing that thing. Um it doesn't necessarily have to be, well, that didn't generate money, right? So yeah. Yeah. Um, there's definitely points to, to that. But, yeah, I think for me, the times where I've done that, it has been like a I'm, I'm saving you time is like my vision of. Yeah, and I, I don't think that's what Tenzin's feeling in this moment. No. So let's, let's, what's a generous assumption of Tenzin's like wanting to shut this down? It seems like he's 
frustrated that Boomy it's again it does seem like almost like a wasting time could be there but could it also be like the feeling of being mocked like could it be the feeling of mocking something that is sacred well you got to think that this is this is probably not the first time that Boomy Boomy has has done done this this, but probably as an adult right probably as an adult um but maybe not right. We know Boomy's character. Boomy's is known there a for chance like wild like stories. Done one of those things, things right? where I think of the time where they make a uh, Momo lift the uh, lift the rock <laughs> in Atla. Um, and like, has there been a time where Boomy's convinced Milo to do something similar so that like he can look like he's pushing oh, a boulder? That'd be funny. Yeah. Um, and so you know, there's I I believe there's probably been times that something yeah. like that has happened. So there is probably a little bit of that. Um boy who cried wolf mm. mentality but all yeah, yeah but i also think that like this is something very serious to tenzin he would love for the air nation to grow but if yeah. he feels like he's being mocked in the moment i i also want to get to the point with people that i love and cherish of really thinking about the filter through which I make the decision that somebody's being serious or not, because with people that are silly and make jokes a lot and do all kinds of things like that, I'm, I love that. That's the energy that I like. I really love that energy Mm -hmm. and it makes me sad to think that I might be that person that shuts it down because it happens too much. Like why? Like, and I could totally, I'm also the type of person that would be like, no, this is, I've, I've heard this joke. It's not funny anymore. Right. Right. Yeah. I, I'm totally the type of person that would say that. Right. And so I, I just, I'm really kind of thinking about how do I go back to this quote that you offered us, which is how do I keep a beginner's mind and yeah. really give people a chance to, to start over rather than hold them accountable their entire lives for a mistake they made when they were 10. When there's a small moment with Tenzin in like in this section that I highlighted in my notes and it's notice the way that when Iki calls for him, his immediate reaction coming into this new beginning experience. Yeah. And it's immediately, wait, what's wrong? What's going on? Yep. Um, and maybe that's because of the way that Iki called for him. Mm Mm-hmm. But that's already like that's already his mindset, and so my question is: when we get called into a new experience, what is our mindset at the very beginning, and how do we either challenge that or foster it? Yeah, and, um, and, <laughs> well, it's and I think that's a, a lesson for Iki too, right? Is oh, yeah, when you call when I call somebody this way, space. right? <laughs> yeah, um, it's likely to create that response, right? I don't want. Oh, I this I would I didn't mean to worry you. I just wanted you to come. Every right? time my parents text me in all caps, call me now, right? And you're like, "What's going on?" And they're like, "Oh, just wanted to chat." And we're like, "Yeah, you could have texted that differently." <laughs> <laughs> that that usually means someone's going to the hospital. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, I I think that's important. Um, but yeah, I I just I think which then alludes to the fact of making sure people have the skills of like navigating social constructs yeah. and like how yeah. to, how to call right. That's, but a, again, that's an ability. It, issue. it goes back to stimulus and response, mm-hmm. right? And the pause, the pause between stimulus and response. Yeah. Right. Ten, there was no pause. Tenzin ran. He ran. Right. There was that was pure. That was Wait, what's very going on? What's in, wrong? Instinctual. Very in. Uh, it, that was. 
Yes. Which is, so, which is, I mean, it's one of those things, too, of he's a protector of his family, absolutely. Yeah. But we've seen him grow in the way that he trains and coaches and talks to. Even in this episode, the meditation moment where he's dropping life lessons. That moment. Love that moment. Yeah. Um, I was just, that's, that's exactly what Cora needed to hear. Oh, my goodness. To me. Like, it felt exactly what I wanted her to hear. But I, I just, yeah. But the way he shows up in those things to me is always just, like, very, he's getting better, right? Like, he's clearly checking his biases and, like, yeah. and, and, and I don't learning how he... to approach situations. I don't know he would approach that situation in season one the same I, that's way. That's exactly what I was going to say. Um, yeah. And I love, I love this quote. Get it tattooed on y'all somewhere. But true wisdom begins when we accept things as they are. Mm. Like, mm. I, I probably won't get that tattooed, but I do yeah. like it. No, I'm not. I'm not one for <laughs> tattooing quotes. That's not my my style. But um, except for the quote on your shoulder, that's the only one. It just says, <laughs> "Be well and do good." It's a very simple. You right, also have that one. a lyric, don't you? Yeah, isn't that a quote? It's one of my least it's favorite kind of, tattoos. It's, it's probably my least favorite tattoo. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so I've stopped getting quotes. <laughs> So counsel from somebody who has experience. They they don't look great. They're my least favorite ones. Um, But I love that quote. True wisdom begins when we accept things as they are. And I think that that is, you're not immediately trying to change things. You're, you're, you're accepting and finding a starting point of this is where we're at. Being honest with yourself of where you are and how we move forward. And I, I just, but again, the way he approaches that situation is very different than he would have done in season one. I love that. And I think that that is not to say that accepting where you are means it is going to stay that way. No, and because, you know, a lot of times when we talk about acceptance of people, of a person coming into a space that's new, we, we say we want people to show up authentically as themselves. Yep. And be there and know that they are loved and, and worthy of love. That is a baseline. That doesn't mean that there isn't growth that needs to take place because ideally we're all growing, but it yeah. means growing in a way that is authentic, right? Like that is not, I'm not shoving myself into something that I'm not, yeah. but it is learning and growing and developing and doing this in a way that feels correct. And so I think it's a similar, similar concept of like accepting things as they are doesn't mean that change isn't going to happen. And the reality is change is going to happen. Period. It just means you're realistic with what the starting place is. And I think that's the key is the awareness. And I think that's accepting things as they are means you're, a buzzer, a, you're a bell aware, every time you say awareness. Right? You're like, aware of what's going on, yeah. which means if you are, you know, trying to be an activist in the world and you haven't accepted the fact that there is rampant racism in our country, then there's there's a little bit of mi- wisdom missing there, well, right? You and I, we Ben and I both watched Survivor. Oh yeah, season forty two. Yeah, we just finished season. Just 42. finished season forty two. Fantastic. Great. There's a great moment. Season. There's a moment in the season that I think is uncannily like representative of uh, people yep. of us included. Whether yep. it is about the subject that was being discussed in this moment. But someone lifts up the fact that it's like there may be unconscious racism going on in this show. <laughs> and the guy goes, I'm not racist. I would know if I was racist. And the, the, you're like, that's. Hold on. That's, you literally, you literally don't understand like, that's the, the, of 
subconscious like, bias. Right. And so like, I think that that was those moments that we all have that playing in us. And there's a defensiveness that sometimes comes up of, I would know if I was, I'm not doing this. I would know if I was doing this. And the reality is like, no, no, that's what the you, whole, like the whole, the whole point. point is that you don't. <laughs> yeah. And so it is, how do we bring the subconscious into the conscious? Con- yeah. Conscious. Mm. Um, and and it, it's a very real feeling, I think, for so many things, whether we're talking about unchecked misogyny, racism, any oppression of a marginalized group, any way yeah. that we're approaching situations, sometimes we get defensive when someone says, hey, you, didn't, you may not have known that you did this, but when you said this little thing, it made me feel this way. No, it didn't. That's not how I said it. And you're like, you don't... <laughs> There no, is no. a space between <laughs> stimulus and response. Exactly. <laughs> and I, I am just cautioning you to use that space and use that pause to change your answer. <laughs> and that's always one of those things where it's like, I don't need you to necessarily change your behavior. If you have thought about it and decide that your behavior is okay, that is a choice you get to make. But it also gives me the opportunity to say, I don't need that in my life. Correct. And I can set boundaries that but, are honest and true. But at least start at asking the question. You want a starting place, at least ask the question. Yeah. Where uh, the new Kenobi shows come out. And Ben, you haven't watched any of it, but there are two characters sure in it. Not. Moses Ingram plays a, uh, an Inquisitor named Reva. The Inquisitor. And in my opinion, she's been just pitch perfect the entire time. And people get... Lots of singing? No, just with her performance. Mm. Not a literal So pitch. not monotone? Not monotone. Very... Uses the emotions. <laughs> She's been great. Um, and she... with not. There's not a lot of spoilers in here, but minor Kenobi spoilers, so jump ahead 30 seconds if you need to. Um, she really wants to capture Kenobi and is really driven on doing this to the point where her, even her peers are like, give it up. And people are starting to complain like, oh, what a one-dimensional character and she, you know, poor performance and that's so annoying that her only drive is Kenobi. And I'm like, y'all watched seven seasons of The Clone Wars and The Phantom Menace were like, that was all Darth Maul was doing. <laughs> and you love Darth Maul. Yep. And so all I need you to do in this moment is identify the difference between those two characters and why do you love one and why do you hate the other. Yep. That's it. There's also you know, a young Leia that shows up and people are like, oh, super annoying, too smart, Alec, too smart for her own good. I'm like, you, y'all didn't care when Anakin as an eight-year-old destroyed an entire droid army while flying a plane that he's never flown before. Oh, it's so out of his ability. So, like, again, what's the difference? And ask yourself the question. I just need you to ask the question. If you come to the conclusion... I, I want more than that, like, right? <laughs> ideally, yes. But, like, starting point, the beginning is... The awareness. Ask the question... That you and ha- if you land yeah. in the same place, then, like, I, you know, whatever. I think you're wrong. But if you land in the same place, fine. But at least start asking the question. It's, and, it's, and it, again, it's this concept of if I I need to start understanding where these flags are in my own behavior. Correct. Right? And not so calling them red yet. They're just flags. They're calling them flags. It is A, this happened, and so I need to process whether or not I feel good about the way I'm about to either about to handle this situation or am I handling it. Um. And I think that ha- happens, right? This is, all right, someone just asked me to do this thing. I immediately feel my body tense up. Why? Why? Yep. <laughs> like, that's Why? it. Why? There is a space between and stimulus and response. Is my body allowed to be tense? Am I allowed to be angry in this moment? And the answer might be yes. And the answer might be, am I tired? Am I hungry? Am Lonely. I scared? Am I, yeah. 
Am I annoyed? Why am I annoyed? Yep. Right? Like, just do yep. those things. And I am not great at it often. That doesn't mean that I am not actively working on it constantly, right. right? And I get reminded very often when I mess up. And it's really helpful to have people in your life that know and can also help you work through this. Because this is doing this on in a silo doesn't work either. You have to do this in community. Yeah. Right. You have to do this with people that can call you out. And thank goodness you and I have done this work together for so long. Mm -hmm. And, we, you know, we've been living together for so long because I think that we have, <laughs> because of that shared language, been able to call each other out yeah. in a helpful way. And I think that that's something that I really value. Like uh, there's a moment in the show where, you know, Mako maybe gets a moment like that. Sure does. Yeah. You know. I really need to focus on work. I need to live at the police station and focus on my work. Why? Yeah. Like, why? Tell us more. Tell us more, Mako. <laughs> Ask yourself the question. Why? Yeah. Oh, I really need to focus on work. Great. Why? Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of work to be done. Okay. Why do you have this feeling now? <laughs> and yeah. you didn't have it a week ago, right? So, like, yeah. he's not a big part of this episode, but, like, this is he's now experiencing maybe a new thing where he feels like he's made two girls... Very upset with him. And so he is yeah. now trying to navigate this new concept of like, how do I live into this space? Speaking of our two so lovely ladies. They're the best. Can we talk about those two for a minute? Um, Learning how to drive a car. Yeah. What a new thing. What a, what a nice new and exciting thing. What a new beginning. But also, it feels like it's the beginning of a more explicit um, appreciation of each other. Yeah. And yeah, because it was very surface level in the first season. First two seasons, really. They get very little time together in the second yeah, season. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. so this is a moment where they are starting. So Cora and Asami are starting to spend more time together and uh, appreciate each other's friendship. And I just love that. Love that a lot. It's very pretty. Yeah. I love them both. It's such a cool moment. And I think it's cool for a lot of reasons. One, yes, we get to start seeing this relationship blossom, and we're all here for it. Blossom! Um, but also, I think it shows when you're starting on the path of something new, how helpful it can be when you have a connection piece, when you have someone there doing it with you. Yeah. Um, even if they've already done it before, like that's super helpful. But even if they haven't, just sometimes having someone experience it with you is, is always a benefit. We see that in this moment, and we see that when Cora is willing to invite in the shopkeeper's brother who's sitting on the side of a bridge yeah. and she's like, come do this thing with me. Come be in community with yeah, us. The invitation in um, right? everybody so, else is trying to discipline him. Here's this, in this new moment. and scary thing. And like, cause we can talk about that. Like the newness of the, either a new ability or a new job or a new experience in, in the fear of causing harm, the fear of not knowing what's going on. Can and we, having someone there just bring you back into it is, is a really cool thing. Yeah. Can we just appreciate the wisdom that Cora has as she begins this conversation with this airbender, this new airbender on the top of a bridge? One, uh, I love One of the things that she does that I think is incredibly important, whether you're talking, and to me this is something that's important, whether you're talking to kids or adults, but she doesn't blow smoke. Take away my bending. I can't do that. Like, yeah, I can't do that. This is some, this is don't new. lie. <laughs> right? And, we, and I think we often do that with children 
right? Sure, sure, sure. Okay, okay. Oh, totally, yeah, no, totally. No, 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 yeah, absolutely. Um, and the reality is, it is so much easier for like, no, that is not possible. Kids are smarter but than we here think. Here is are. what is possible. So are adults. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I think that that's a a very. I love that she sets the boundary of, no, that's I can't do that. You got to live with this. It may go away, but like as of now, you've got to you've got to live with it. Um, and I think that that's a really important thing to do but she follows that up with but you can live with that with us and i think that that's really cool yeah i just i love my favorite part of that interaction was he's going through all the feelings of i don't know how to ah, 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 and she's like i totally get it i'm experiencing that in my own life and she is Mm -hmm. and it's just this this level of empathy that is this between their connection that just feels really really beautiful that I think ultimately is what helps him trust her a little bit more also because she believes him. Right. So, and that's something that we've, and there's vulnerability in that. And that, and I think that's the thing is, is there's as more research has happened. And especially by one of our favorite researchers, Brene Brown, one of her most recent concepts that she's lifted up is like, you can empathize, but you can never truly know the experience. Like the, the ability to walk in someone's shoes for, uh, for a mile is not really a thing. Correct. Um, you can empathize. You can connect emotions that you've had in your past with emotions they're going through. You maybe have even gone through the exact same experience before, in which case you can somewhat have that experience. But when someone tells you about their experience or shares what is happening with them. You still don't know. You don't really know. You believe them. Right? That's right. And so she's there believing him on all of these feelings and all of these things that he's saying. And she's just there in it with them. And I love that. Yeah. Um. Really cool and I think moment. That just goes to the like thinking about beginning of relationships and beginnings of whenever you meet new people. Like, listen and re- recognize that like there are some things that you might love. This new experience, going into a new job. Yeah. If you feel equipped to do it, you might love it. If you don't, you might feel like you might cause harm. Like you might hurt someone. You might do things poorly. We there's a lot of fear of failure in this episode. Yeah, as a new thing, this is new. I've never had to deal with vines crawling through. That's the where I want to go next. Is talking about all these vines and right. And so like I've never had to deal with this before, and so there's a fear. Now are they going to cause harm? Are we going to see them topple a building full of people? Right. Yeah. Like, well, and I think our response to that fear is really something we can pick apart based off of this episode too like there's a this is there has been a massive change this is a new beginning for for uh republic city right and the leadership be it cora and or Ryko, who are both leaders in this republic city are responding to this very differently <laughs> right and oh, it's very real and feels very poignant to like yes. go through because it seems super relevant. It seems very relevant, right? right? This idea of who's wanting to go back to the way things were. Yes. And who's wanting to approach and live with the way things are, tens and quote. Yeah. Um, and how we go through that. I love that uh, Janora early on is like, why do you want to, you've changed the world. Yeah. Like, why do you want to go back? Yeah. And I, yes, right. <laughs> you made this decision for a why reason, do you want to go back right? to what was normal when when you've moved in this direction? How do we live with what is here? Janora sees that early on. Mm-hmm. Now we know her connection to the spirits is like stronger um, than most. Yeah, but 
just that that mentality of how do we make this work and it's just the impulse for humanity to encounter change and be like no 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 let's go back go back go back go back go back I, everything was more comfortable back where i was when sometimes it's not even that comfortable, right? Correct. Right? That's the the it's, rabbit in the briar patch. But it's a it's like a a fallacy of, that we convince ourselves of that that was more that comfortable. that was more comfortable and that it was better before this, right? And that is a huge impulse. That, and I feel like we talked about this on the, the first episode of season two when we talked about normalcy, right? This this urge to return to normal is the same thing that we're talking about here it's the return to comfort well, that it, we think we thought we had and there's a line in this that like highlights this there's a line in this episode president Rico. Rico. jerk in my humble opinion in this moment there's a vine going through my office yep of course i want these vines gone it's very much highlighted of like better for who Exactly. Right. Who's That's it better such for? A, such a good point. Like, who's it better for? Not the spirits. Yeah. No, it is. <laughs> <laughs> and so I think that's one of those things where, you know, it's, it's better for the people in power. Is it be- Is it truly better or is it better for the people who held power in those moments? Yeah. Right? We, oh, yeah. I wish I wish it was like the 60s where you could just live in your home and leave the door unlocked and everyone love the country and oh and like people who better, had homes better huh. for who right yeah. so um and i think that's the that's the important question in this better moment, for who is, is who's it actually better for and so when we're approaching this beginning a new thing one of the other things i really love about this is um we see Cora use past experience to try to solve a problem that she's approaching yeah and i love that because again failure is not failure Right? Maybe that's a weird thing to start to unpack. We, a lot of times, think <laughs> of failure as the end. The, um, I've, I've lost. It's over. I've quit. I failed. Right? This is finite thing. As opposed to what failure really can be, which is a tool. Right? It's a process of elimination. It's moving forward and learning new things yeah. to get to the right solution. Well, if you think about failure by definition, right, what happens is... Failure ceases to become failure as soon as you've learned anything from it. Right. It literally cannot be failure after, by definition. And so I I think that that's something to really keep in mind is that failure transforms when we appreciate what we can gain from it. Mm -hmm. Right? It ceases to become failure, literally. And so I, I just, I think that's really important. One of the most common trends in knowledge that I've, uh, over my years of working with staff and, and bringing new people into a situation, is one of the biggest fears that people experience is the fear of failure, the fear of, fear of not doing their job well. Yeah. Well, whale. Whale. The fear of not doing their job well. And giving people permission to mess up, to fail at something. Uh, and meaning it. And meaning it has been one of the most transformational things I've seen with the people that I work with. When you tell someone, try it. Do it better next and time. If it bombs, okay. But you want to try it? Try it. Do it. And as long as a kid doesn't get severely hurt <laughs> or hurt at all, like. Or you could be a Tenzin and be like, no, we've done this before. 
we're going to smash your energy. But the the ability, the the weight that that lifts off of people to yeah. actually thrive when you say you're allowed to fail. I want you to learn something from it. I want you to pull something from it, but you're allowed to mess up. You're not going to be perfect every every time. You try hard enough, often enough. You will fail. You're going to fail. And then it will cease to become failure. And that's okay. And that's awesome. But there's so much, when we start something new, we see that failure. And yeah. I think for my my advice is fail. That's okay. Do it. Do it. That's okay. So the last thing that I'm is on my mind is is thinking about Raiko's reaction at, by blaming Korra for everything. And I really struggle with this. Right. And Raiko is a politician. And so there's already some sort of tainted <laughs> right. uh, concept of, of Raiko for me as being this politician. And he starts to act more like a politician now. And this is what, what I mean by that is he starts to use tactics that are less savory in order to preserve his own uh favor with bringing, the people bringing media to an event to watch Cora fail exactly right uh and if it succeeded it would have benefited him because he brought the media and if it didn't it benefits him because he gets to like chew um, out Cora and blame her for the things that are going wrong well and this is one of the things where he's not dumb no he's and, playing and, the game and i'm not and it's one of those things where i one of the worst things i think we can do is hold our people who are in positions of power and give them the benefit of the doubt of saying that they're dumb, right? Um, we can give generous assumptions, but I refuse to believe that there are certain individuals that are oblivious to something like gun violence. Correct. Um, yeah. For as long as it's been going on. Yeah. Right? They're not oblivious. They're making a choice. They're making an, a, a, a choice. And often an, an educated, but One that well they think is going to look choice. good for them yeah. of the people they are trying to impress. Yep. Um, and so he's not – he knows what he's doing, and he's very calculated in this moment. And Which makes it more sinister. Correct. Right? It only makes it more sinister. Well, and it's a – either it's a refusal to acknowledge the part that he played in all of this, right? Yeah. And the decisions he made in how he engaged with the Civil War that was taking place. Well, and it's just, it's one of those things that I wish, like, applied. The, the thing that Tenzin says to Korra, that, hey, you're the Avatar. Other people's opinions, like, they don't matter. Your job is to keep balance for the world, which means you can't make everybody happy, right? You you have to make decisions that are beyond a vote. Whereas President Raiko is living in like tied to leashed to approval ratings. Approval ratings. Yeah. And there is a danger, frankly, in having one person responsible for anything that is that big. Well, right? In, in the flag we're talking about, right? Why are we doing something that we're doing? It, yes. That's what I'm getting to right. and driving and, towards. And so the flag is are you doing this because you want to stay in power? And when your next election, are you doing this? Are you that's doing what's this because, right? Exactly. Are you doing it because it's the right thing to do? And if your flag is I'm doing this because it's going to keep me in power, then either one, I don't really believe you deserve to be leading. Well, I think we convince two, ourselves, right, that I'm I'm good. I'm the better option. I want to do what's right for this city. So to do that, I've got to stay in power. So to do that, exactly. And then we get we we fail to realize that our decision making 
has necessarily been changed and influenced by something that is outside Alter- of our value system. Altering yeah. our value system. Yeah. And I think that that's something that is an unconscious thing that people do, right? That uh, in order to keep my job, I have to do this thing, which goes against me and why I took this job in the first place. Yeah, been- and it leads to burnout. It leads to hating your work. It leads to all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, I've done that before where man, I've, I've got to do this because my my job, right, is demanding this versus like I've – this is not something that I should do because this isn't going to be helpful or right. be useful or be well welcomed, right? And so I just – or if you know something that you can do really well but choosing not to do it because you're worried about the fallout of this, if I do this, then I might get fired. If I do this, then I might go to jail. Uh, Andre Henry talked about this uh, all the time, talks about this, period. But um, Check out his new books. Yeah. Um, but the reason I lift it up is um, one of his more recent tweets really kind of reframed the conversation for me. And this is not new, but he's like, how many white people are willing to go to jail to end racism? And for me, it was one of those things where I was like, dang, I don't know that I am. <laughs> and I had to I had to confront that for a minute. I was like, ah, right? That's that's a that's big. Yeah. And I had to think about like what are the circumstances that would make it so that I like I am like willing to go to jail right now and suffer the the all of the real world consequences of going to jail. And the like in my head, in my mind, I'm like, yeah, I would totally go to jail. And then I'm thinking about it, I'm like, oh my gosh. There's a lot involved in that. I'm like, oh, what about school? What about this? What about this? What about all the money that I'm spending all this with? And then I come to grips with the fact that like, oh, <laughs> oh, this is no. a thing where if the, the purpose behind the question is things aren't going to change unless people are willing to yep. go to jail. And I'm like, oh, dang. And you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of Shayu in season one of Atla who is the fire sage that chooses to help Aang find Avatar Roku and go against uh, the rest of the sages and ultimately get arrested. And, and probably, and probably and worse. Probably worse. Uh, we know he doesn't die because in the comics he becomes the spoiler alert. He becomes the, one of the great sages yeah. of the fire. But, but like, that's not to say it. he wasn't tortured or worse when oh, he was sure. in captivity. So, oh, yeah. Anyway, that was a long rant, but like thinking about how we are reacting to new things and no. making sure that we are filtering our our beginnings through the proper lenses of values, I think really matters. It does. Before we end this segment, we can't not talk about Zahir. Wow, we went a long time without talking about Zaheer, didn't yeah. we? So this is it. Let's 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 finish this segment with Zaheer. Here's my problem. <laughs> Tell me your problem. Zaheer is an exceptional airbender from Jump Street. Yep. <laughs> well, but, and we know we've studied. He's he's absolutely studied studied airbending prior to this. Sure. There, I I think this is my one critique, and I won't say it again. I think it does a massive disservice to the discipline of martial arts 
to have someone who has studied something without literally being able to do it. Yeah. That is that good that fast. Uh, mm. That has such mastery over it that quickly. Yeah. That's my critique. Mastery is the main word, right? Because there's, there's talent. There's natural talent that exists. But I, mastery requires more than that. I would have really liked to have seen like a a mess up or two from Zaheer, like trying to like relearn how to use his bending in this scene just to make it more believable. Yeah, because I was about to say we don't he's been in that cell for a while and there's a lot of time between like it's been what, a day since people have started that we, we know of? We don't know if it's been a day or two days or three days. Okay, or, maybe so that's like, it. Okay. We don't we don't know the amount of time from when he has, has escaped. That helps me that helps me. Maybe he's been playing with this for a few days without And we guards. know that the vines have been there for three weeks or so, and these are just the first people who are discovering airbending. So, so maybe, maybe he's been in there for three weeks, learned it very quickly that he could. Because he was studying it. Because he was studying it or bored or practicing or doing forms. And has forms. been practicing for every time. Okay. Yeah. So that, there's, there's a That chance. gives me a little bit more believability I agree that is, that is headcanon, right? That he's had this time to practice because what else are you doing in prison except for meditating oh studying, if, I, if like, I found out that i had that in prison that's all I'd every time the guards aren't there right. yeah but here's and so and here's one of the things so true chaos was to hear because we, we always hear that there's so much that with this new character um that like there's a lot of things he says where you're like i'm not a, not against that yep and i want to kill the avatar kind of against that <laughs> um <laughs> But also the end of the white Lotus when you're talking about like, I'm creating the best world or wanting a better world, leaving three guards or four guards up in a cell with very little food and water. They said three three weeks. weeks. They're going to die. Yeah. So like that's, (laughs) um, yeah, maybe not, but no, they're, I mean, probably they might. Um, we'll see. Unless you've got a water bender who's able to like, Pull moisture out of the air. I mean, we don't know. Moral of the story is, this is a big beginning, right? Where Zaheer has taken advantage of his new skills to escape and to pursue something that um, a lot of people are like, wow, I see what this person's saying. And I think that's something to take note of. And I think for us, the question is, where is the line? Right. Okay. This is something that we agree with, but where does the line get crossed? Right. Um, and I, I, I just challenge people to set your, you know, attunement to where that line is in his argument, because sometimes it's really hard when you encounter a new idea, when you have this beginning in your mind with something that is new, but an exciting and something you really appreciate. But also, I think it's worth noting that oftentimes, if we haven't processed something, we have this gut instinct in our uh, that we've been thinking about, and our intuition says, "Uh-uh, this, this, I don't, I don't like this, but I also like this." And there's just something that says this a little, a little off. That's our cue to to think and to wonder. And be like, okay, where, why? And I just I caution people when we have this beginning of something new, uh, to to think about that. 
it's important to realize that you get to draw a line. You know what I mean? Um, you get to set a boundary. Set the boundary. Draw the line. Whatever it is, right? Yeah. Because so frequently we hear this slippery slope fallacy of, well, if this happens, then this happens. And if this happens, then this. Mm -hmm. So where does it stop? It stops where you draw the line. <laughs> so, like, well, you get to draw a line. And I think oftentimes in argument, people take you to the extreme, right? Um the example I go to comes from Braving the Wilderness, uh, Ray Br <laughs> Brene Brown. Um, but it's thinking about how uh, when you vote for a certain way and you're like, well, I voted for, you know, um, a, you know, anti-abortion. And I, I think abor abortions are not good. Oh, my God. You, you think that everybody shouldn't have a choice? That's not what I said. I said, I don't think abortion is good. I want people to have a choice. I, I believe that abortion cannot be great. Mm -hmm. And I also believe that uh, people should have a choice of their own body. And sh people should have the autonomy. And people should be able to choose, right? And that men shouldn't be making choices about women's bodies, period. <laughs> but, like, those can be simultaneously true. Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing with, like, gun laws. For I believe that people should – and this is me creating a high uh, a hypothetical. Hypothetical. Yep. I believe that people should have the right to own guns and should have, as long as they are properly educated, have done the work to get licensed, have done X, Y, and Z. But people will often say, oh my God, does that mean you voted for the NRA? And you're and like, no, that's not what I said. <laughs> I think that people, that people can have responsible gun laws and not, right? And the NRA is bad. And oftentimes people conflate extremes, right? And, and when you say something, they they assume everything about your understanding of that thing based off of what you said. And so again, it's choosing curiosity over criticism here. Yeah. So I, I think that we are invited into choosing that. And those are two very uh, politically charged conversations what's the it's, right it's, now it's breaking through and this is again chalk it up on the chalkboard for things we talk about it's it's calling out the false binary that exists that exactly it's either one or the other exactly there's never an in-between it's just not the case yeah so anything else we want to lift up before we jump into our take a quick break and then jump into our next segments i'm ready for a quick break all right we'll be right back with more bending not breaking in just a moment First thing we're gonna do is we have 
thanks to our patrons on a name for this next segment. We are officially going to call it Twee and Law, which means this is our and our pull. Mm. The things that push us away yes. from this episode and the things that pull us in. Love it. So big thanks to our patrons for helping us settle on this segment title. So much um, better than previous options. <clears throat> no comment. Uh, I got outvoted. It's fine. Uh, moral of the story is we are landing on uh, things that we appreciate, things that were really great. And this is also a chance for us to step outside of the like analytical lens and pay attention to more. Oh, the writing. Oh, the music. Oh, the, you know, the screenplay. Oh, it is. Um, the art. <laughs> Don't make fun of me. Um, Doing great. Anyway, uh, we can start with wherever we like. What do you what do you, you want to talk about being in or pushed away or being pulled in? Yeah, I'm going to do pushed pushed away first. And it's not that the show did anything wrong anyway. I think the um seeing the way that people try to on to the status quo in this show and the mm. mom attacking Cora and you know, it feels very real and it shows you how willing people like hold on to what was if they felt comfortable in that moment yeah. regardless of what that might be doing to to others and how people how politicians react in the wake of tragedy is also something that feels very wrong it's real too right real now. yeah um and and so there's a lot of emotions that are just like it's tough to process and, yeah. and hit and so i think that was just a moment for me kind of like yeah yeah and i think that's the kind of uh, the good kind of push when i say that i mean that makes the show real and good because it's 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 close. Not that, and, I, and you said this, but it's not that this is bad. We don't end the episode. It's that I wish it were different. Yeah. Um, because we, that's what makes the show good is the fact that it's <laughs> so real and and ugh, it also hurts. So I appreciate that. Mm. Wow. Yeah, I mean, for me, you kind of changed my mind on my original thing that pushed me away, which was this uncanny bending immediately uh, upon receiving the bending skills from Zaheer. But you kind of convinced me that he has now this headcanon of him practicing for a week or two, mm -hmm. um, which makes me have a lot more like, okay, I can buy into this now. Um, so that was the original thing that pushed me away. Mm -hmm. um, I guess now I, I'm really thinking about just we talked about it a lot but just the way that people shut boomy down in the beginning oh. and aren't willing to to hear him out and listen and then again it just it makes me sad because it i understand the 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 feeling of boy who cried wolf i have been the boy who cried wolf mm -hmm. and just the desire to be taken seriously and what it feels like when people don't listen and don't believe you is yeah. is really sad so i'm just leaning into that that's yeah. my kind of is a push for me my big pull in moment mm. um is when tenzin is talking with his children about what it means to have new airbenders <laughs> one does that mean i have to live with them because i really love and I, I love that <laughs> i love their childlike wonder around all of this yeah um and i love that tenzin is willing to be emotional and vulnerable in front of them love yeah, love that. incredible love parenting that. right there. Um, yeah, I'm all about letting kids see you, see you cry in moments where that happens here, because here. I show emotion, right? Um, and I love that he's 
you know, I wish my your grandfather would have been able to see this. But I also love the moment of they're going to need help. And all of the kids being like, we're here. Like, we love just you. That, we just, love this. That moment is just such a mm, beautiful moment. I hope. It speaks to this, just like the, the wonder and beauty of children who are just like, yeah, we got this. <laughs> like, and just the support, the natural urge for children to, to, to love. The right? shared common goal, right? Everything about that, that the, I hope to create spaces where those things can happen. Yeah, um, absolutely. And so I really am appreciative that he has created a family that's able to live into that and that they are willing to step up to the ways. And I'm, um, I even love it yeah. more later this season when we get see them start the process yeah, of like sure. bringing and connecting and bringing in more airbenders and. I mean, yeah, that definitely pulled me in. Big fan, big, big fan of that moment. Definitely pulled me in. You know, every time I watch this show, uh, this will be a shocker to everybody. I am reminded of how much I love it, <laughs> um, and I just I, this episode is so full of things that I just I I love if I let myself pay attention and love this moment where now that i have context of having seen the whole season of of cora and asami that i can appreciate in a whole new way i love this moment with with tenzin that he offers Cora that says listen you have to make decisions where you not everybody's gonna be happy there's so many things that pull me into this episode that just uh, i am in love with it and it's it's so good yeah it's i love it's amazing big fan (laughs) big fan uh, and then, like this again, Zahir's lines at the end, where like, listen, thing engine, if you don't pay attention, you're gonna miss them. Bam! Here's some airbending, right? It's just, and I, I miss it's very Ferris, <laughs> Ferris Bueller of them. Yeah, I just <laughs> life moves pretty fast. Yeah, I, I love this show. It's so good. If that's not apparent already, <laughs> uh, uh, devotion, devotion. We're on to devotion. Yeah, that means that we are tackling the lens through the element of fire we book two with earth we did and so we are starting this season with fire 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 so um, yeah big festival um so what we're gonna do is set an intention and our intention is going to be using using beginnings and using fire. And we're going to try and set intention for this coming week. Um, between now and next Tuesday, we are trying to check this off of a list, um, if possible, and accomplish this. We can turn our our thoughts and our wonderings and our musings into intention. Because that's important. Yeah. Um, all, all this learning means thing if we don't do something with it. Yeah. So. You're going to be buried in... Uh, library full of sand all the knowledge in the world that's if that happened why don't you talk don't you remember that maybe you forgot i'm clearly referencing it who are you talking to uh anyway all right what are you doing what's your intention yeah uh so one thinking of survivor fire that's fun um and also this show i love survivor yeah all 42 seasons together we have we were we believe very much that we would be good at the uh, strategic gameplay aspect of it. Zero part of me wants to live in the <laughs> wilderness <laughs> for thirty three days. I don't care. Like I'm like, yeah, no, I like I don't want to do that. Um, I mean, if somebody like asked me to do it, I would probably go be on. willing to. But but like yeah, I'm not no, gonna that lie. Would, that would. Um, 
I think for me, uh, going back to our earliest, one of our earliest conversations in this episode, this idea of snuffing out the fire that is inside of others as they are starting things and new projects and things that are mm. like, I don't want, I want to be very con- uh, con- to do that. I want to be, make sure that I'm not snuffing out that that is igniting that excitement in, a, in another person. And so um, trying to really catch myself if yeah, so I see that happening, like flag. So what does right. that look like? What is that that moment, right? What is that? What happens within you that th- helps you like catch yourself? I think my flag right now is going to be like when I am saying no. Okay. Why? Or when you want to say. Or no. when I want to say no. Why? Okay. And the answer still might be no. Yeah. Sure. Of course. But some fires I need think, to be put out. I think that's <laughs> like some the, fires yeah, are dangerous. Some, <laughs> correct. <laughs> um, and so I, I think it is. All right. I'm saying no. That's my flag. That's my. My light bulb. Yeah. Then it's time to ask why. That's my chance to pause. Yep. Right? And be like, okay, I say no, but why am I saying no? Right. Mm, I love that. I think. No. Mm. That's mine. What about you? Wow. I am thinking about Survivor also, funnily enough. Except I, I often, like, get somewhat annoyed on Survivor at how few of them know how to start a fight. Don't go on the show. I'm like, why did you like? Why did you? You, you, a, yeah, you knew. You knew. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, and even if you didn't know you were going on it, you knew you auditioned for it. Yeah. So like, but they also it. knew they were going on. <laughs> you also know that, you, and I don't know how what the turnaround is, right? Like, if we say yes, you're going to get on a plane a week later, like, which or like three days later, like you. Maybe. I don't. Maybe. I don't know what the turnaround is, but I'm. You know that they give you coconut husk. Yeah. You know that they give you twigs, and you've got flint. Yeah, like, like so moral of the story is do it. Let's learn how to start a fire, <laughs> right? And so, like, and I, and I think that one of the things that often people do is in their rush to start the fire, they do exactly what you're talking about. They smother it. They get once they get that little inkling, that little spark going, and there's a there's a small flame smother that fire putting a bunch of things that are either too big for it it gets smothered and doesn't catch fire Mm -hmm. or they keep on too much things that burn too quickly that don't catch little things on fire. right and so the metaphor here for me is the slow and steady wins the race here when i'm beginning and i'm thinking about how to start i don't want to jump to the end and put the big log on first right right and i also don't want to stay in the space where i have to keep putting gasoline or the equivalent of like paper or husks or you're gonna gonna burn out too quickly i'm gonna burn out too quickly exactly and so i how do we create a, a flame that is um going to be sustainable what a cool, like, because I think that's uh, the prep work, right? We know, like, you have not scraped enough magnesium. A reasonable amount of time on the front end. Right. Uh, uh, yeah. Because saves you from an unreasonable amount of time on the, back end. on the back end. But we know, and this is, we're bringing someone to the role, right? Or we're inviting someone into the space. Doing the prep work prior to that yes. is important. Yes. Because when the flame starts, you will grow. But if you haven't put, scraped enough magnesium flint, if you don't have enough coconut husk there, right? Now, so when you finally strike it, going to catch, and then quickly have all the next pieces ready to go. Yeah, it's not going to work. Yep, 
I think of onboarding for a job position. One of the first things you do, hopefully, um, this is a flat say for people going into a new job, (laughs) um, is if there's not like a 30, 60, 90 day plan, like let's say like in the first 30 days, these are some things you should be working to accomplish in the first 60 days. These are, you should be in, they can be as little as like getting your key card to get into the building to like all like to looking starting this project and review these things, right? Like having the, that is creating the environment for the fire to grow yep. in the best way possible. If you walk into a business and they're like, I that for you. Yes, I'm sorry. Then, <laughs> like that's, and that might that not be, is, that's not a great place. Well, for and the metaphor is like, you better know how to start your own fire. Right. Right. Or else. It, okay, there's but, no you might, but you might not have any right? of the supplies you need. Exactly. So you've got to be the one to go find those supplies. Yep. So like, there's a lot there. How are we creating the space before we get in? One of the things we talk about in, in inclusion, right? Oh, we want an inclusive space. Yeah. So what have you done on the front end to yeah. create that space? Exactly. So that when when the when you actually strike the flint, that the fire can be there and be excited to be there and feel like they're have the ability to grow. Yeah. So the the, the follow through action, like that's the metaphor. Is I'm starting a new job. Uh, it's a it's a semi new job. It's um, you've done it before, but I, it's been a little bit. Of yeah. Um, it's my summer job. And I want to make sure that as I start it, I'm not taking on too many projects. I'm not doing things that are beyond me, and I'm I'm gonna ride this well. I'm gonna not um, burn by doing all the easy things and taking all the low hanging fruit, and then making it so that I'm gonna regret it later on in the summer. But I'm also not going to like oh, I want to do this and this and this for y'all when I only have ten weeks, and yeah. I know that I'm not gonna be able to burn all the way through. And so I'm being cognizant of those starting projects in the next week as Love I start that. this new job. Yeah. Because a fire that is too big. Uncontrollable and dangerous. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Grat. We're at the end. Ah. We got to give gratitude. Yeah, but gratitude's so great. Let's give it gratitude yeah. too. Man, I, I, here's the problem. There's, I want to give gratitude to everybody in this episode. I want to give gratitude to Asami, Tenzin. I, but I, I think where I'm going to land is I'm going to land on giving gratitude to Pema. And she's the best. I love Pema. And Pema, man, has to deal with Bo Lynn talking about like the wild family she has and is dealing with her all of kids and is doing all of these things. And she only gets, I think, the wine. And it's when Boomy is like, hey, ben. Throw a big rock at me so that I can show you how to show you that I can uh, airbend. And she's like, "You can all you want, but you got to take it outside." <laughs> You're an adult; you can make adult decisions. Yeah, that, like that's the vibe get from her. Get out, and, just do it outside. Like, sure, go ahead, do it, but don't do it in here. <laughs> like, and and I just, what a wonderful way to set boundaries, but not snuff flame. Ex- yeah. Right. Yes. Like, right. It, she's not saying shut up boomy she's not saying don't do this anymore she's saying just do it out there because what's in here is needs to be clean and safe for my children yeah <laughs> right um so i just i really appreciate pema and found that i just i think one underappreciated two this moment was one that i remember and i really appreciate yeah. so grateful for pema how about you uh do do we ever get the shopkeeper's brother's name Ooh, uh, it, I'll look it up later. But yes, I think we, if you find it, let me know. But mine, I think one we can see an experience in that moment that is very familiar 
to us as viewers, this idea of fear of harming someone, fear of not being good, fear of uh, failure. And I just, uh, the fact that we get to, to see him experience those things and, and very rawly experience those things while still seeing like he apologizes to Mako um, after knocking him over. Like this is a person who, who truly wants to, to do what's good for other people. Um, I uh, greatly appreciate, appreciate them um, for showing us that those are real emotions and real things that happen. And um, so just very grateful for them. And, and their existence because I think it's important to know that like we're not alone when we feel those things and yeah. I think that's a, a really important takeaway yeah just for reference the shopkeeper is a shopkeeper okay and the brother is the airbending brother is Daw Daw that's right he does give his name yep uh, to Tenzin yep and Tenzin comes afterwards and uh, again I just, but I think there's a there's so much power in understanding that we're not alone and I'm here, here. and I'm grateful for him showing us that here, here. Wow. Episode one it. in the book. Man. What a good uh, episode. And we got some guests coming your way. Excited for all of it. May not be episode two. We'll see. So here's what we here's, working on it. Here's what you can do. Us on all the socials. If you don't, BNB underscore pod. Um, TikTok, which is a lot of Star Wars content. Um, Instagram, Twitter. Instagram, Twitter. All the things. Facebook. We go live uh, with our patrons once a month, which is really fun. We've really enjoyed those conversations. Yeah, we're, currently, we're currently starting book two with them. So we just did um, the episode of book two. We of, did. The Avatar, Avatar uh, The Last Airbender. And so we're, we're jumping into the next one. So if that's a conversation you're excited about. Cave of Two Lovers yeah. soon. We have The, the Blind, Blind Bandit, Bandit coming oh, up. There's a lot episode. of great episodes. Yeah. Season two season is great. Two. Season two is great. Serpent's Pass. Yeah. All the good things. A lot of fun. Um, Zuko. Yeah, we can just keep naming Yeah, them. we can just Let's name just all the episodes. <laughs> Hill. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but if you want to check this out there, I mean, yeah, Patreon. Uh, Patreon uh, it's a great place to do that. That also allows us to keep doing what we're doing, which is this podcast. That's right. Um, if being a patron is not something that you are able to do right now, simple reviews. Makes follows, such a big subscribes, difference. all the fun stuff. Yeah. Super helpful. I just want to say we haven't had a review for a while. Yeah, and so that really makes a difference for uh just the algorithm of being seen and yeah. so that would be uh, an amazing gift to Absolutely. us to do that yeah well it's been a fun time we will be back next week Woo! I, i'm sunshine may and this has been and this has been bending not breaking thank you for listening goodbye bye you just gotta have to laugh